Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Friday, June the 23rd. And welcome to our commentary. Welcome to the second day or maybe third day. I'm not sure. I always get confused whether it's the 21st or the 20th. But definitely welcome to the first week of summer. And as far as we're concerned here in North Texas, we're getting a lot of summer because it is hot. And it's going to be triple digits, as I understand, for for several days. So if you're coming to North Texas on business or vacation, make sure you have access to a swimming pool because it is, it is very, very hot uh, up here. Well, we're going to talk about a few things today, but I want to begin with Hunter Biden. I have a post over at the American Thinker today, Friday morning, where I talk about what is happening in the country and how cynical, and, and I hate to use that word, but cynical, the country is getting about our justice system and a lot of people thinking that there was a deal that was made uh, to save Hunter Biden or to give him uh, special treatment. Uh, there's also a story about out there about a phone call, a conversation that may have included uh, President Biden. Now, this would have been uh, Joe Biden when he was vice president, but all kinds of stories like that out there. And the media is starting to pick up on it a, a little bit more today at the uh, at the White House press conference or the press secretary, uh, what is that called? The press secretary session, whatever they call it. Uh, the press secretary was getting a lot of questions about Hunter Biden and this apparent connection. Look, I have no idea because uh, I have not seen the official documents, but I have no idea. But something is going on here. Something is going on. And, and I think that what I can say, what I can say is that Hunter Biden probably probably did take advantage of his father. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Joe Biden was a victim, but I think clearly, you know, there was a relationship there and there was a lot of money that came to the Biden family because of that. And I think it has to be investigated. I think this is a very big cloud uh, over his presidency. And until they deal with it, until they deal with it. Now, the attorney general was also asked a question today as to whether or not the investigation of Hunter Biden that produced uh, the plea agreement, whether that investigation was limited by the by the Department of Justice. He said no. He said that uh, the prosecutor that investigated Joe Biden had full freedom. Well, there's stories about that, too. There's a whistleblower saying that that's not true. So eventually all of this has to come out, and it has to come out because the real consequence here is not necessarily the, on, on the Biden presidency. That's, uh, that's always an issue. But the real consequence here is on what I call more the national mood or the way people feel about justice. And if people don't think that justice is being applied equally, then that's going to create a lot of problems for the United States. And it's going to create a lot of problems for the country because it's just going to be poisoning the well. And that, uh, that's not good news for the United States. We got to get to the bottom of it. We got to get to the bottom of it. Frankly, I think Hunter Biden and President Biden could clear a lot of this stuff up. Just clear it up and say this is what happened. Here it is. And that might help uh, a little bit. Of course, all of this stuff about Hunter Biden and the border and everything else has created a movement uh, within the Republican House to impeach President Biden. In fact, I think it took a vote 
uh, this week to impeach him. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of impeachment for the simple reason that you end up making a statement, but you're never going to remove him from office because it takes 67 votes. There's 51 Democrats. Uh, so it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Now, some people say, well, there should be an impeachment to highlight some of the problems that uh, we are having on the border and some of the problems generally. Okay, I can buy that to to some extent, but that's what the campaign is for. We've got a campaign coming up. So I'm not a big fan of impeachment. I think impeachment is one of those very rare cards that you play for very, very extreme situations. And I'm not defending the Biden presidency. He's been a very bad president across the board. But I think impeachment might be uh, might create other problems, as happened uh, with the Trump impeachment, where I think it divided the country and in, in a terrible and absolutely horrible way. So my suggestion to Republicans is keep talking about his record. And the candidates out there who are running, keep talking about his record. That's the way you're going to get him out of the White House. You're not going to get him out of the White House with impeachment because you don't have the votes in the Senate to carry it out. It's as simple as simple as that. Speaking of impeachment, you know, we have an, uh, an impeachment trial coming up here in Texas. Uh, the impeachment of uh, Attorney General Paxton, who was actually impeached uh, a couple of days ago. And, and the trial is supposed to be at the end of August. And there had been some controversy because his wife, who is a state senator, State Senator Angela Paxton, she uh, is in the in the jury because the jury is made up of state senators. This is not like a regular jury where, you know, the prosecutor and the defendant get to pick the jury. Now, here you get whatever the, the state senate is, that's your jury. So she is a state senator. She has every right to be uh, in the trial. Apparently, they're, they're not going to let her sit in the trial or then they're not going to let her have a vote, which I think is very unfair to the people in her district. Remember, she represents probably about a million people here in Texas in her Senate district. And I think those people in the Senate district deserve to have a senator voting on whether or not uh, the attorney general should be removed. I understand all the husband-wife uh, argument. I get that. But uh, this is not a typical jury. This, she is a state senator. She was elected to that district. And I think she should sit in, uh, in that trial as a state senator. Yes, she is the wife, but she's also a state senator. And I'm, I, for one, would, would give her the benefit of the doubt that she would look at the situation logically and, and make the best call. But the people in her district, about a million of them, should not be underrepresented or not represented at all because their state senator is not sitting in in this trial, which is her right as a member of the state senator, as a state senate. So interesting situation. Well, I have a post uh, coming out Saturday morning about China and Cuba. And of course, uh, China is talking to Cuba about setting up a spy base. They may already have it. And uh, the possibility that they may put troops in Cuba, that's what the Soviets did back in, in the 60s, if you remember the famous uh, missile crisis. And, you know, there's uh, obviously some tension between China and the United States over this. The Secretary of State went over to China. I don't think he was very persuasive in that trip. He came back and he made some remarks that he was deeply concerned, that the United States was deeply concerned about the Chinese having a military presence in Cuba. Now, the reality is that telling the Chinese that you're deeply concerned 
it's not going to get you anywhere because they could care less about that. They're not reacting uh, to your concerns. They're reacting to your actions. So what I'm saying in my post is that the United States should turn the heat on Cuba because that is the one country we can show some concern for. And uh, the United States should take two immediate actions with respect to uh, with respect to Cuba. The first one is to shut down money going to the island. This, these are remittances that are going to the island uh, of Cuba. They're being sent there by Cuban Americans here in the United States who send money to their families. And you know, that's what they do every month, just like they do in Mexico and other uh, Latin American countries. So the United States can shut that down by simply stopping it, by saying, no, no money is gonna go to Cuba by freezing whatever money or taking whatever action is necessary to stop these remittances. That would have a very strong impact, believe me, in the Cuban economy. It could literally shut down the Cuban economy, and the Cuban economy is not exactly moving very fast at the moment. So, you know, it wouldn't take a heck of a lot to just shut it down completely. The other action that the United States can take is to, to, to close the embassy, to tell the Cuban government, we're going to close the embassy. We're going to break diplomatic relations with you if you do this. Now, that's a very drastic action, I know. But look, if the Chinese are going to put troops in Cuba or they're going to turn Cuba into an outpost, a military outpost 100 miles away, that's a pretty serious thing. And we've got to be ready to take some very drastic action. So I would focus on Cuba, not China. The Chinese are not going to listen to you in one way or another. I would focus on Cuba and I would put the heat on Cuba and then tell the Cuban government, we got more things we can do. We're just going to start out with these two. Well, we got other things that we can do. Remember that uh, the Cuban government buys a lot of food, a lot of agricultural products from states in the United States. And that you could shut that down also uh, until Cuba uh, simply tells the Chinese, no, you're not going to put troops on on my soil. So we've got the ability to put some real pressure on Cuba and we need to be using that because that's the only way that we're going to get something done. I think the Chinese, they're going to do whatever they're going to do, but it's Cuba where we have uh, a tremendous amount of leverage. Now, I read something that what the, what the Chinese are trying to do is that uh, they're trying to set up Cuba close to the United States just in case they go into Taiwan so they can, in a sense, have a, a military presence over here and a military presence in the Pacific. I don't know, I'm not familiar with the strategy, but uh, look, the idea is that we should tell the Cubans there's not gonna be Chinese troops on Cuban soil. And that spy base, you gotta shut that down and send the Chinese back to China. We have the ability to force Cuba to do that. Believe me, we do. Last but not least, I wanna say happy number 83 to Clarence Thomas, of course, Supreme Court Justice uh, Clarence Thomas, who was born on this day in 1940, he became a member of the Supreme Court in 1991. He was appointed uh, by the first President Bush. I can still remember that press conference when President Bush announced that uh, that Clarence Thomas was going to be his nominee. I mean, it was just a moving press conference because Clarence Thomas has a great story. He's just an absolutely amazing man who uh, I think brings so much to the table as well as a a keen intellect that he has shown in writing so many uh, so many uh, Supreme Court opinions over the years. So happy number 83 to one of my favorites, Clarence Thomas, who is a member of the Supreme Court. What a great honor. You know, he wrote that book about his grandfather, and you always have to wonder, you know, what his grandfather 
would have thought about his grandson, his grandson being in the Supreme Court for plus 30 years. What a, I'm sure the, the, the delight, the, the delight and excitement of the grandfather, I'm sure it must have been there. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. And again, if you're coming to North Texas, it's going to be very hot. That's all I can tell you. Triple digits. It's going to be very hot here. Have a good day, everybody. See you later.